Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank So, uh, little little fun thing for the listeners. We just delayed the start of the podcast by five minutes uh, while my flatmate was uh, finishing off a call for work. She's, of course, a doctor. So, I'm going to begin this episode by uh, asking you, Jamie, what useful have you done for society? What useful thing have you done for society this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what useful thing have I done for society this week? I mean, you've asked me on a really bad week, to be honest. <laughs> Not that I do much for society anyway, but this week specifically, uh, it is the Easter holidays, uh, and I, I work as a tutor, so I normally have a homeschooling client, uh, so I've been working a lot less this week, uh, which has meant that my days have been around about 95% rolling out of bed directly into this chair that I'm currently sitting uh, and playing Crusader Kings 3 for about seven oh. hours a day. <laughs> so... I mean, anyone who knows Crusader Kings 3, there's a lot of really bad shit I'm doing in that game. I've just murdered my brother thinking I was thinking I was going to get his kingdom and then realizing that second in line to the throne does not mean first in line to the throne. So I am about to chill, kill a baby. I'm That's what I'm about to do in Crusader Kings 3, Alexander. I'm going to kill a baby after I accidentally killed my brother. Well, not well, deliberately killed my brother, but not realizing that I would also need to kill someone else. So, um... What have I done good for society this week? I've given money to uh, multi-million dollar corporations. That's what I've done this week. How about you, Alexander? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've done anything useful. Um, you know, broader, big capital A, yes. Not really things I can talk about in the podcast. But, you know, let's just say I mysteriously am good <laughs> for society. <laughs> not things you can talk about on the podcast. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know, but hello. And welcome to Blank Smack, Season 2, The Hathaway Slash Away, the show where we're chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! Hello, Al. Alexander, uh, this week, uh, we didn't really discuss much about this film uh, beforehand. Sometimes we do, depending on, you know, just trying to decide how much we're going to have to say. Um... I'd like to take the executive decision that I don't think we're going to have uh, a lot... The, the plot of this, I think we're going to be able to get through relatively quickly. So with that in mind, uh, I think it's a lore episode, Alexander. I Do think it. we need to let our listeners know what is going on. Because, of course, I said that we are the show that is chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. But why are we doing that? Well, anyone who listened to season one will know, of course that we were reviewing Tom Hanks movies, and that was in order to convince the aliens to let us join the United States of Space. There's a whole lot more going on about there, but that's about it. We were tr- The aliens had invaded, and we needed to convince uh, them that humanity was worthy. Uh, we did fail. Uh, so they did uh, sort of sort of apocalypse us. Um, we haven't really gone into much details about that. Uh, but that's mainly because um, I wouldn't know. Because what happened to me, Alexander, in between season one and season two? I mean, look, very sadly, when the aliens came to us and they said, uh, you know what, we don't actually really like Tom Hanks' films that much. Toy Story 3 overrated. Uh, in causing the apocalypse, uh, they told us, look, we're going to cause the apocalypse. And we said, okay, fine. 
apocalypse away you do your apocalypse thing and they went actually we're going to punish you out because because little no fact i came up with the idea for the podcast and they went so we're going to punish you al in particular and i said no don't do it and they said we're going to kill jamie and i said no and they killed and him. then i think i think one of them did do like a quippy little apocalypse now which was really strange because we didn't show them that movie so i don't know how they got that reference um, but, but that's what they did and then clicked think, their fingers do you think at any point in the film Apocalypse Now, anyone says the line Apocalypse Now. That's what happens in every single movie. That is true. That I, is true. They, There's just Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando's just sitting. They can eventually go up the river. They find Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando's like, ah, yes, good. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Um, it, it's like in this movie, Alice in Wonderland, uh, obviously Tweedledee comes up to her at some point and starts going, you better start believing in Wonderlands, Missy. You're Alice in Wonderland. That's the worst Matt Lucas impression. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was not a Matt Lucas impression. It was very clearly a very bad impression of the guy from Pirates of the Fat Caribbean. Thank you very that much. It was a nice melding of two references. Both of which I executed poorly. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, of course, the aliens killed Jamie, and I'm very sad. And, of course, I'm so stuck in Canada. I saw this all over Zoom, uh, and I was I was traumatized by that. So I decided to build myself, uh, like, a boat, like a like a skiff, uh, and sail across with Greta Thunberg, uh, who, who was also alive, because she listened to the podcast. <laughs> I died, I died. That's, that's news to me. Canonically, Greta Thunberg, alive in the, in the world of well, the Well, she'd come across Great to know. on her boat, and at the time, I was like, okay, let's go back. So we went back, we went to the UK, um, I found the corpse of Jamie, uh, cold and dead, and it had been some time, and I found, uh, of course, uh, Jamie's notorious uh, resurrection scrolls upon him. Jamie does have uh, magical powers, uh, and one of his magical powers is the ability to resurrect people from the dead. Uh, yeah. as previously established with his resurrection of a bunch of little tiny aliens uh, who looked like Baby uh, Yoda. Baby Yoda's, thank you very much. Mm. And I went, okay, let's do this. And I resurrected him, but obviously I'm not magic, so I kind of failed. And I brought him back, you know, a little bit of raccoon, about 15% raccoon. <laughs> you, you, you were there, like, in the first Harry Potter movie going, it's Leviosa, right? It's Leviosa. And the ghost of Emma Watson goes, Leviosa, you fucking moron. <laughs> Uh, I've never understood that. Like in the book, it's slightly better, but in the film, it's just like he go, one of them goes Leviosa, and the other one goes, "It's not Leviosa, it's Leviosa." And I'm like, "It's the exact same yeah. thing." You're yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, look, okay, you're tasking uh, like eight-year-old children with like really nuanced pronunciations of words that they've never seen before, and and they did the best they can do. Okay, no, Jamie, we have to retroactively cancel them. All right, we're going back. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, um, you 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 botched it basically. Yeah, you I botched, botched it. it and I brought you back a little bit more raccoon. And you know what? That was a problem yes. because the raccoons had already like taken over in the apocalypse. They were already. Now, now I do believe uh, you are skipping over that. I think you imbued the podcast specifically yes. with this magic. Now I don't know why that was your decision. Um, I don't know why your wasn't to go straight to me, but you imbued the podcast with it and then put headphones into my cold dead ears and that's what brought me back to life but 15 percent more raccoon yes uh, am i correct well, well here's the thing jamie uh unlike you i like thinking about the world you know i'm a helpful person all right i do good things mm-hmm. for society and if i were to bring you back just you that'd be very sad i don't think it would be fair on everyone else who had died so instead i, th- I decided to produce the ability to bring people back from the dead but only people who died in the apocalypse specifically yes. so now the only people that are currently alive are me and you because we we technically experience the podcast mm-hmm. as we record it uh, we definitely don't 
don't listen to it ourselves. That would be extremely narcissistic. Um, and everyone else who listens to the podcast is alive. Uh, or everyone is alive. A better way of saying that is everyone who is alive is definitely someone that listens to the podcast, which means, of course, canonically, Taylor Swift is uh, a listener of the podcast, Joe Biden is a listener of the podcast, and Kamala Harris is and Katy Perry are all listeners of the podcast. I also believe everyone who produces the PlayStation 5 is a listener of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and the developers who um, provide the community updates for Crusader Kings 3 <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> Um, I do, I do like that idea that like it, the only people left are, like Neil Druckmann and then the guys over at Paradox, uh, just you know, living their best lives. All right, okay. Um, Neil Druckmann actually has all the rest of the PS5s in the post-apocalypse. He just hoards them like a king. He like scouts them all, and he's just sitting there on this throne of PS5s, being like, "Hey, hey, hey wait for the Last of Us Part Three. This time, you, the player, will have to kill your loved one in order to progress in the story in real life." War. His evil plan. He's gone insane. He truly is the Last of Us. Uh, uh, and that has been uh, Jamie's Gamey Corner. Uh, we secretly didn't tell you that we were in Jamie's Gamey Corner, but we were in it all along, and now we will leave <laughs> Jamie's Gamey Corner. And now we are reviewing Anne Hathaway's movies in order to decide which ones we're going to stash away in the Hathaway Stash Away, which are going to be the movies that are going to galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens. I don't know why I've got... I've got obsessed with using that word galvanise in that in the, only in this specific context. It's got to be the most I've ever used the word galvanize, specifically only when referring to how we're going to rise back up and fight against the aliens. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a strong word. It's nice to say. Mm, no, it's galvanize. A, it, it, it's a good word. It's uh, it's a little bit like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, that comes into this, because actually I, I was the one to introduce the word galvanize. Fun fact. Fun fact about the word galvanize. But it's a bit like when uh, sometimes I, I compliment Alyssa. And I use like a specific word, like the word goofball, and then she will take that compliment way too much to heart, and um, she will just use that word for four years, just like at every single opportunity. And I'll be like, you know, there are other words to describe you other than goofball. Like that's not the only. Also, thing. also this was your complimentary word, <laughs> goofball. Yeah. And also, I'm I'm really confused. What synapses fired in your brain to get you to tell that story? Oh, because you keep saying the word galvanize. You keep saying the word galvanize. <laughs> what does that have to do with oh, the word Oh, because goof? I also use the word galvanize. I was the first one to use the word galvanize in the podcast, and then you ran with and it. And what does that have to do it's with like you ins- calling Alyssa a goof? Oh, I have the power of inception. That's my. That's, that's the point. I, can, I incepted that into your brain, and I incepted the word goofball into her brain, and now people say these okay. words all the time. Okay, I guess, I guess I see, you know, you know when someone's clearly been in thought and they've been having a conversation Mm -hmm. in their own brain and they just blurt something out at you completely out of nowhere, like, because it makes sense to them because they've been having the conversation, but I'm over here being like, what the fuck are you on about? Oh goodness, this is incredibly messy. Let's get ourselves back grounded uh, to talk about 2010's Alice in Wonderland. But... Before we talk about Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, we of course uh, do have to uh, do our segment Top of the Bops, which is the segment where I no longer edit in the song because I can't be bothered. So I task Alexander with putting us in the mind frame of uh, the world when this movie came out uh, on March, March, some, no, February something. February 28th. Oh, I should have this. 
February 25th uh, was the uh, the uh, premiere at the Odeon Leicester Square in London. I've been there, Alexander. How exciting. I, um, I, they are famous yes. for having the... Uh, there's an option for seats there now, which is like, I think about 60 to 90 pounds, just to sit mm-hmm. in the, like, the optimum seat at the Odeon Leicester Square. And uh, I never have done that, but tell you what, next time I come back to London and can go in a cinema, I'll pay 90 pounds to watch a shitty Marvel movie. <laughs> in the optimum viewing experience um and so really to get us in in the mindset of of what was going on of course uh what came what was number one in the uk uh was everybody hurts not by rem but by uh the newly created artist helping haiti alexander could you give us your best rendition of everybody hurts everybody hurts and very specifically Haiti at this point because they had a giant <laughs> earthquake and killed a lot of people and this is kind of weird that we're doing this song because literally you know more specifically this one country is hurting sometimes yeah yeah this is the this is the all lives matter of, of yeah. uh, charity singles at this point everybody hurts it's like i I don't remember that song specifically, but I feel like that that the message of that song is just like, hey, come on, like get over it. <laughs> like what? we all go through hardship. We we everybody hurts. We all go through hardship. No, no, like I, and like the message is, I think, supposed to be like, oh, it's a collective thing. Everybody hurts, so we can pull each other together. But it's like, no, yeah, in this specific moment, everybody is not hurting. It's... One specific person is hurting, and we should help that person. Um. Yeah, it's. I'm Ooh. trying to figure out like who started help for Haiti. Here's the thing: has any country ever, like, has it ever wanted a charity single done about them? Like, oh, are we gonna not. get the Prince Philip charity single soon? Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it is very funny in Canada. The number of people I've seen posting the like Brits in Vancouver group being like, guys, I. I'm just absolutely devastated at the loss of Prince Philip, a 99-year-old man. I've lived in Vancouver for 20 years, but I'm absolutely devastated. And I don't want to be rude. I'm just like, he's 99 years old. Were you really yeah. surprised this was going to happen? He's looked like he's been on death's door for a very long time. Yeah, like, like I feel I feel bad for the Queen. I'm sure that, like, really sad, losing the person you've been married yes. to for 75 years. But you know what? For the rest of us... Oh, we, we 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 should have been pretty mentally prepared for this. You know, you know, like people who suffer from anxiety, like often feel like they need to worry about thing bad things happening to sort of protect themselves from those things happening, and often they worry about things that have no absolute no chance of it happening, and that's why the where the anxiety comes from. This is not one of those situations. This is one of the situations where we should have all already gone through the preparing for. Prince Philip's gonna fucking die. We should be ready. Alexander, you have your hand up once again. Do you want to know how the, this is the most ridiculous opening sentence to any Wikipedia article goes? Okay. Do you want to know how the Helping for Haiti charity single got into order? And I think this can lead us to potentially how we figure out how to do our um, Helping the Queen Prince Philip's <laughs> death charity single could work. Uh, okay, go. This go. is the most controversial episode. So, uh, in an attempt to raise money for victims of the 2010 Haiti earthquake, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown asked Simon Cowell to arrange a charity single. <laughs> Cowell chose Everybody Hurts, and Brown agreed to waive VAT on the single. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, the, the idea. The idea of Gordon Brown, or any Prime Minister, any Prime Minister, just going... There's been a humanitarian crisis. Uh, you know, we, we really need to help the people of Haiti. 
who can I go to? Who am I going to go to in Haiti's hour of need? Simon fucking Cowell. <laughs> I'm just, I can't wait for Boris Johnson to call up the guys from the Masked Singer to be like, guys, we need to put together a charity single for the Queen. And oh my oh, God, goodness. you know what? To our American listeners are going to love this. Uh, for our British listeners, we're going to get cancelled. And that's okay. This is our wacky episode, all right? That's the energy we're going <laughs> with, all right? It's, it's like a really high, strong, anxious energy, but it'd be good. We're going to do it. <laughs> It's, yeah, no one should be surprised uh, that a own... nine-year-old man is dead. <laughs> uh, and it's only suitable that that is our energy for uh, this week's film, the 2010 uh, adaptation, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, of uh, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, or a readaptation of the 1951 Disney film uh, Alice in Wonderland. Or an adaptation um, of the sequel book, Through the Looking Glass. Yes, there is actually no book called Alice in Wonderland. Uh, there's there's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and then Through the Looking Glass. Um, and almost all adaptations are sort of an amalgamation of the two. Uh, and this one's way more than just an amalgamation, but we'll get on to that. Uh, so uh, this film, as we've mentioned, was directed by uh, Tim Burton, who is of Tim Burton fame. Uh, it was written by Linda Wolverton, uh, who's a real Disney stalwart, uh, wrote uh, Beauty and the Beast, both the film and the stage musical, oh. co-wrote um, The Lion King and also wrote Maleficent, um, as well as a few other uh, a few other things as well. So uh, relatively um, experienced writing team behind this uh, and a very experienced acting team behind it Um, other than uh, Mia Wazikowska who plays um, Alice we've also got Johnny Depp playing the Mad Hatter Anne Hathaway obviously playing uh, the the White White Queen Queen. Uh, Helena Bonacarta playing the uh, Red Queen or the Queen of Hearts which is I'll get on to Um, we've also got Matt Lucas playing Tweedledum and Tweedledee uh, we've got Alan Rickman, we've got Stephen Fry, we've got Michael Sheen, we've got Timothy Spall, uh, we've got Amelda Staunton, you've got Barbara Windsor, just Barbara just Windsor's a absolute, this? yeah, Barbara Windsor plays the mouse. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't guess it. What um, were you casting? Well, I, I, I'm I know, surprised when people are like, you very, know, very strange. Barbara Windsor. Um, and yeah, Disney uh, threw their back into this. This had a uh, 150 million uh, to 200 million dollar budget, uh, and it paid off. Uh, this made just over a billion dollars, uh, making it actually the second highest grossing film of 2010. Uh, Alexander, what was the highest grossing film of 2010? We should know what it is. Avatar. No, that's 2009. The Avengers. No, 2012. Um. We should know this. This is a film that we have reviewed on the podcast. Okay, so it's not an Anne Hathaway film, I think. It is not. Um, so in which case, it's, oh, Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3. So, uh, despite being the fifth highest grossing film of all time at time of release, uh, this film was not even the highest grossing film of its, uh, um, uh, of its year. But yeah, this movie made absolute fucking gangbusters uh and it relatively uh, kicked off the craze of live action remakes of classy classic disney films following the success of this uh they would then go on to uh, commission the creation of um the lion king and uh what other well what so, other so the first few i'm yep. in, i'm interested in your so you think it's this and not because i would have said it was more maleficent kicks that off in 2014 
but I Maleficent, but Maleficent is different because it's. I mean, and well, Maleficent is uh, similar in this. I would yes. say Maleficent and this are more similar to each other yeah. than to yeah. the later live action remakes. Sure. But Maleficent is definitely further away. It's not really a live action remake. It's a live action Disney film that completely focuses on a completely different character. Okay, no, um, I, I can see that. And and my counter, um, my counter picture uh, would be then yeah. the, would be the film Jungle Book. Which is a more straight adaptation of the jungle of the Jungle Book uh, animated film. Like I feel, this movie is too different from um, the cartoon version of Alice in Wonderland to be an adaptation of. That. I I agree. Sure. I agree with you, but I think they don't. Th- firstly, they announce the 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 big slew of ones that they go on to make uh, immediately after this. Uh, like the Lion King and the Jungle Book and the Beauty and the Beast ones uh, after the success of this film. It takes a few years for them to come out. Maleficent doesn't even come out until 2014. But I think if this film isn't as hugely successful as it is, uh, they don't go on to make that slew of remakes. Now, having said that, I fully agree with you. This one, at least, is a big reimagining of the world of Alice in Wonderland, whereas the other ones are just... Remakes. relatively soulless uh, recreations of the uh, original film. Well, Jamie, Jamie, you didn't like the version of The Lion King, which which just had the... Like, the, oh my, uh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to make a joke about that. I really <laughs> yeah, just don't like The Lion so King. You got so angry. It turns out there's something I really find funny about that version of The Lion King. Like, I'm glad it made um, everyone a load of money. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, it got... Uh, nominated for best motion picture musical or comedy at the golden globes and then it also uh won best art direction and best costume design at the oscars no, as well as being nominated for best visual effects jamie you just yes. moved over that i just want you to stop for a second close your eyes take a yep. deep breath okay we're gonna do we're gonna do some yoga really so your eyes aren't closed i can't, <laughs> okay. I can't see okay deep breath this one won this film won two academy awards say it with me this film, this film won, won two <laughs> This Academy is really difficult Awards. to do with our eyes closed over Zoom. Um, now, yes, I agree this film won two Academy Awards, and that's kind of crazy because it's not a hugely great film. It only has 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, but if there is anything to praise about the film, it would be its art direction and its costume design. I, I, um, like, I like the costuming. I don't like the art direction. Uh, fair enough. Uh, and also the visual effects, which uh, do hold up pretty well despite being they, a, a decade-old film. Do they? Point. Do they? I think they do. I, the entire. They don't. I don't. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, there's not much uh, more to say uh, about this movie. Uh, well, actually, that's a lie. There's a few things I want to talk about. Firstly, um, apparently Tim Burton decided to uh, make this film because he never felt any uh, connection to the original book. He felt like it was just Alice. Uh, just firstly, what a great way. I'm going to make Alice in Wonderland because I hated the book Alice in Wonderland. What a fantastic opening statement. Um, but secondly, uh, he wanted, to, he, he says that the goal is to try to make it an engaging movie where you get some of the psychology and kind of bring a freshness, but also keep the classic nature of Alice. Um, yeah, uh, he goes on to say that he wanted to give the story some framework of emotional grounding and try to make Alice feel more like a story as opposed to a series of events. We, we we can we can loop back to that later about whether we think he was effective in doing that. Um, uh, and additionally, apparently, uh, there was so much fucking green screen on this movie that it gave everyone headaches. Uh, everyone oh. apparently just really disliked working on this movie because it made them all feel really ill. That's interesting. They were, probably, they were always surrounded by green. That's interesting because it is one of two movies to ever make me feel physically sick watching it when I saw it in the cinemas. 
The other uh, one, did you watch it in 3D? I did watch it in 3D, and I, I didn't have a problem normally with 3D. Normally I was fine watching 3D films. This one left me feeling like visibly, I need to vomit ill. Um, uh, I I also watched it in cinemas. Uh, I cannot comment uh, on what I remember of it at all. Um, uh, so I cannot say whether or not I enjoyed it or not. However, um, it is very clear that there are parts of this movie uh, that are clearly like you're supposed to be watching this in 3D. Mm-hmm. It's ve- like that. It, there's a very anachronistic thing. It's something that I thought was true about Polar Express, but it wasn't, weirdly. Um, but like when there are just set pieces where things are flying at the front of the screen and stuff, it's so clear that these things are supposed to be flying out at me um, and it just looks weird and clunky in 2D. Um, however, this was not filmed in 3D. Uh, Burton apparently just hated the 3D cameras, thought they were big yeah. and annoying. Uh, so it was filmed in 2D and then changed it into 3D. Yeah. Uh, something which James Cameron, who obviously released the 3D Avatar the year before, fucking hated. He well, just said it doesn't make any sense to shoot in 3D and convert to uh, shoot in 2D and convert sure. to 3D. But here's the thing: that was way more common than you'd think, right? So like, oh yeah, the 3D cameras were kind of lumbersome. Um, obviously, Avatar shoots entirely in 3D, but actually most of the big 3D films of this era, so something like Clash of the Titans, was another big one around that time mm-hmm. and they were kind of rotoscoped afterwards into this kind of like dumb version of 2d which is basically like and it literally is like rotoscoped right it's like imagine someone digitally going in cutting round people and then being like this is now in 3d and this is now like back in crap like the i'll actually this would be a good thing to ask for you obviously the kind of 3d correct like thing is are still in 3d i guess but like the trend is let is a lot less big now than it used to be it's just yeah. like if you go see something, if you go see Avengers, there's a chance you might end up seeing it in 3D. Like, yeah. even then less, like, I think they'll do less showings than, like, I don't think I saw Endgame, in, I saw Endgame with you guys, and I don't think we saw it in 3D. No, we did not see it in 3D. I do not believe I have watched a film in 3D for at least five years. I think I saw Onward in 3D. Um, I think. I'm not even sure about that. Uh, I think that was the last one I saw but to be fair that was the last film I saw in cinema uh, before COVID but um, I believe I watched Inside Out in 3D I think that's the last thing I watched well, in 3D which uh, is very strange honestly I think the, the Pixar ones like tend to do okay because I, I I think it makes like you know it works quite nicely and I, I think they do have a good sense of depth what are the for you what are the the, the 3D films that worked oh, ugh, I, I can't I don't think I could tell you one that I watched in. I didn't watch Avatar in in cinemas. Yeah, uh, which I feel I, you miss. I feel out. a bit. Yeah, you miss it. Like like unless they re-release it uh, again, which they already did in China to take the number one spot back, which is very funny from themselves. Um, from themselves, Disney um, was like, yeah. we want to have, we just want it back from ourselves, which I appreciate <laughs> yeah. so much. Um, I I don't think I've watched a few things in 3D. Weirdly, a lot. I think I've watched Up in 3D as well as yeah. Inside Out. Um, I'm sure around this time I watched a bunch of uh, a few of the the Marvel films in 3D, but I don't remember, you know, having any particular. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what that what worked for me the most. The best thing I've ever watched in 3D was right after the IMAX opened in London, which has got to be when I was like 12. Uh, I went and there was just a really dumb like tech demo movie essentially that was I can't remember what if anyone I've searched for this a few times and I can never find it it was a scientist conducting a bunch of experiments and it was just a way for them to show off things flying at you and flying out of the screen and that's the only time I've ever been impressed by it I was like wow this is fucking dope and then I watched a bunch of films where like 
they're not trying to use the technology. They're just yeah. like, oh, it's just in fucking 3D. I don't know. It just, just kind of gives depth. Like, that's that's what I find annoying about most films, where, especially these ones where it's 2D and converted, uh, converted to 3D, it just it's, gives depth to the screen, yeah. which I super don't give a shit about. Make something hit me in the face. It's also, like, it's <laughs> also for me... Spit on me, film. Like, um, I think my issue is that it, what it does is, like, it literally makes films darker to watch. Yeah. And then so few people actually, like, properly correct the lighting for it. So it's not like they make the film brighter to correct for the fact that it's going to be dark. It's just this movie is going to be darker and harder for you to see quite often. For me, the one which actually, like, at the time was a very cool experience. And, like, if I could say go to the time machine and watch one. The film Gravity, which is a good film and holds up without 3D. But it was very, very good for 3D. And I think it was filmed properly with 3D cameras. So that, that was a very good movie to watch in 3d there's a lot of like people flying around in space and you're like "Ooh, my face uh um, jamie we've avoided right, talking we're, about we're, this movie <laughs> yeah i know and i don't know why i actually have a lot i i i want to talk about it like i it's it is a bad movie but i want to talk about it uh but yeah we are we are deep uh we, we've been trying really hard for the last few weeks to be like shorter episodes we are half an hour in and we haven't talked about i, I don't it. think that, about here's the thing i think the plot of this film is so basic that i don't oh so i mean it's fucking alice in wonderland if, but it's like, not but it's not oh, but whatever. it's not but it's not. But it is, but it's not. Um, uh, so before we uh, do start talking about the plot of this film, it is, of course, our time for Six Degrees of Tom Hanks, uh, where we are connecting these films to our erstwhile season one start. Another another word I keep on using, erstwhile. Um, I just, I, I've clearly just locked on to like two words that I think make me sound intelligent, uh, and I'm going to say them every single time. Oh, yeah. uh, so yes, our season one start, Tom Hanks, uh, through the game of Six Degrees of Separation, where we connect them through people who have starred in movies together um i think this is our first week especially because it's a very easy one uh this is our first week where we are banning the harry potter and the marvel and the star wars franchises yeah. uh because there's multiple people in this who are in harry potter and then we do emma watson and then we do the circle and it's easy so uh with that in mind uh i've got quite an interesting one uh i believe i can do it in three okay give me a second i'm trying to think if i can get there in a better oh, for- fuck's sake um, had you used had you used marvel or, or star wars or Jamie, I, I just completely forgot i i had oh, you I, I, i've been a dumb dumb um, okay well i it feels like a movie where i'm certain there is someone in this who was it who's been in something with tom hanks but i can't figure it out i feel like timothy spall might have been but um uh i will do mine uh while you are thinking uh which is using helena bonham carter who stars in Fight Club with Brad Pitt, who stars in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Leonardo DiCaprio, who stars in Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks. That's a pretty good one. I, I yeah, like I that one because you're going through a, a bunch of like non-franchise films, um, mm. which is... I'm just trying to think... If, it's, more fun, it's more fun that way. Yeah, it definitely is because otherwise it's just like... yeah, Like, like you said, otherwise you just kind of end up like finding the same people and we just keep going back through them and being like, all right, the circle sucks um i'm trying to think of maybe we should give like points for if the film they were in with tom hanks if the connection to tom hanks if that was a good film like you know what i mean like it's if he goes in a circle you get less points because no, it's a bad no film. no no i i no i think you absolutely because i don't think it should be on good or bad because for example i connected uh directly last week through paul Shear or a few weeks ago whatever it was paul Shear to tom hanks electric city objectively very bad tom hanks project but i was really happy that i used the weird obscure tom hanks project okay i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you through something 
I'm really glad that this is taking longer. See that That's what I'm really happy with right now. That this is extending our runtime. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ! Uh, I, I give up. I, 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 will, I will see if I can think you something later up. in the episode, but I will give Ooh. up for now. I'll give up for now. Oh, rough. Um, okay, so let's start talking about Alice in Wonderland. Oh, uh, this film so begins as all good films should, specifically about Alice in Wonderland. What's that? Do you say? Does it begin in Wonderland? No, it begins in a Victorian bed, uh, a Victorian study. As a bunch of men talk about boring ass shit. Uh, oh, they want to go explore and send a ship over to China. Why? Well, they do bad things to China. <laughs> Turns out the Victorians do a lot of bad stuff to China. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll 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 come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yes, it's it turns out it's Alice's dad is one of these people. He seems to be some sort of an adventurer, politician, something tradesman, merchant. Who cares? Uh, he's a Victorian man. That's all that really matters. Um, yeah. And uh, he goes and puts little 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 girl Alice, little girl Alice, to bed. And and he says his line that for some reason when will ring out um multiple times before the end of this movie which is uh i think of six impossible things before breakfast <laughs> and he puts her to bed because she's been worrying about her her imaginary impossible um dreams uh which are of course reference to uh the original alice in wonderland mm-hmm. we then skip forward 13 odd years or so uh and alice is now 19 and she's uh on her way to to a to a to, to a proposed. right upstanding social do, uh, yeah. where all of her her and her upper class friends will be meeting, and let's just basically some oh, some posh posh gonna... English dude is like, ha we're going to get married, and she's like, no, we're not, um, and then she runs away. Um, her the guys, yeah, the the there's also a very weird plot line which never really comes back that she sees her sister's husband uh cheating oh, on her jamie jamie wait i just figured yeah. out my links okay tinky okay. spool is okay. enchanted and amy adams is in a bunch of tom hanks movies but let's go for charlie wilson swore there you go Didn't okay see. there you go right, thank um, you. um so yeah there's there's a really weird plot line where alice catches um her sister's husband cheating on her uh doesn't really come back uh Ooh. then her fiance to be she's told that her fiance her her soon to be man is going to propose to her her soon to be fiance um, is going to propose to her at a at a bandstand everyone's going to be watching it's really strange um uh so that he's he's there he's he looks like the fucking hell great casting have you ever seen the most (laughs) i'm about to be very mean about this actor and i i'm going to stop myself but suffice to say he looks very fucking english Um, yeah yeah he does he Here's the thing. What was very interesting is if that this film had been made five years later, there is not a shadow of doubt in my mind that he would not have been played by Donald Gleason. That like this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's one hundred percent his casting. Um. But yeah, just as uh, as, as she's he's being proposed to with an audience for some reason, everyone's gathered round. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's like, uh, I've got to go. And she chases. No, uh, Jamie, what's what do you that? mean for some reason? Has no one told you when you propose to someone, you need to do it in front of people, otherwise it doesn't count. All right. Otherwise, Forced... there's not social pressure for her to do it. Exactly, Jamie. <laughs> why would I want to get engaged without social pressure? Right. You're not getting engaged so, because you, know, you love each other. It's because society. Is telling you that you're not useful unless you're a family unit which is why you have organized the 25 person zoom for 9 p.m on wednesday right (laughs) oh jesus so she falls down uh a well uh where she then um get lassie yeah, she she sees a little door. She can't fit Good, through this it. This is such detail. She falls down a well. <laughs> she sees a little door. Oh, what does she do? Oh, she 
she sees that there's a big potion and a small potion and she drinks one and goes small but doesn't have the key so she gets she drinks the big potion and gets too big but gets the drink key and then re-drinks the small potion she gets out so into she's Underland in, yeah she's in Underland it's not Wonderland it's Underland Jamie there did you know this meets... before going in sorry I, I like how we make it slower based on two different things you're watching the film as we talk which is why you always go through in so much detail yeah, yes yes I, I do so have the Disney I do have the Disney Plus open yeah. I, again I am getting a slideshow view of this movie it's... because my memory memory is really bad it's, it's always, <laughs> like this is why like between you and me no wonder our episodes take so long because i just like go off talking about random shit halfway through and you go through and i'm just like time. okay so tweedledum's on the left tweedledee's on the right yeah. so, so so basically they get in um she meets absolute uh she meets kind of the white rabbit and stuff they go oh it's not alice um, the whole gang yeah. are back together. They're like, it's not Alice. And clearly what we are meant to think is that Alice in Wonderland, or Alice's adventures in Wonderland, happened earlier for Alice when she was a child and she's coming yeah. back as an adult. Uh, that, I guess, kind of makes it a little bit like... Um, Jimmy, have you ever seen uh, uh, Return to Oz? Uh, no. Have you heard I, I was about to say yes for Return no to fucking reason. It's a sequel to The Wizard of Oz in which, and I shit you not, Dorothy has been going through electric shock therapy because she's been claiming there's a place <laughs> called Oz. Everyone thinks she's crazy. She goes back to Oz and it's now just full of horrors. It is now terrible. What if you took a beloved kids movie and then you made it like horrible? That's kind of like this. They go, it's not Alice, but we know that yeah, Alice they, needs they, to... Yeah, basically they, they take her to a forest to... to uh, uh, <laughs> God, this is this is where we're gonna have to start using the jargon of this movie, which is ridiculous. They they are looking for the right Alice, who's going to slay the Red Queen's Jabberwocky on Frabjus Day, and that is all according to Absalem's Oraclum. Fucking hell, this movie. Um, I, so, I like that uh, Alan, Alan Rickman's a caterpillar. He's yeah. got a future. He's he's, he's got a prophecy opium. that's gonna that's gonna be that she's the hero, basically. I, I and they're like, the, I don't think it's the her. Disney Plus rating system for me tells me that this movie that he's smoking uh, tobacco in this film, despite the fact that he's clearly <laughs> smoking opium. Oh he, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And that will come back. That will be surprisingly relevant. Um, so yeah, um, fucking Alan Rickman, the getting high as a fucking kite is this Woo-hoo. caterpillar um, called Absalom for fu- some fucking reason. Yeah. Um, then uh, so as as they're trying to decide that, they get chased uh, by ambushed back by the Bandersnatch, which is basically like a big bear. It's like a, like a big cross between a bear and a dog sort yeah. of no jamie um, it's that game we played on uh, new year's one time when we were super cool all right the bandersnatch yes. oh that that was great fun um <laughs> that was uh, the weirdest you know new year i've ever had in my life oh, it was yeah, great yeah just just me and you chilling watching bandersnatch and then me leaving at i believe half midnight to be like oh I'll get home early it'll be great and then waiting 45 fucking minutes, minutes for a bus <laughs> fantastic um, right anyway so, uh, yeah. so yeah they're attacked by bandersnatch and the she red gets... knights who are all playing cards yeah uh she gets clawed at this point she meets uh the uh treasure cat played by Stephen fry and Stephen fry is actually very good in this role like i like Stephen fry as this he's kind of creepy he's like we need to purify this but i need to take you to the, the hatter you gotta go see the hatter she's like there's a guy who makes hats he's like yeah have you not read the book they go to the hatter <laughs> but he's all kind of sad and then there's the march hair he's got a bit crazy and Johnny yeah, Depp, reminding you that uh, so, but as so. much as he's a scumbag, Johnny Depp is a scumbag who does what he does, you know, well. Yes, th- th- this this is good casting for Johnny Depp because it's 
it's it's um taking his role in pirates in the caribbean and then just being like yeah but what if it wasn't even a real person let's just let let's just fucking take the shackles the non-existent shackles off of jack sparrow and stick you in a purple hat and just see what happens um and and it gets weird later in the film um but yeah um around this point we do meet helena bonham carter for the first time uh who is uh the red queen slash queen of hearts um no, I'll get into my bit about why I get annoyed about that character sure. when we meet the White Queen. Oh, um, I think but, I know why uh, Yeah, basically... I think I know why you get annoyed. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but she's also got um, her tall boyfriend. Um, <laughs> like, his whole character... He's called the Knave or something. Yeah. And his whole character is just, like, he's tall. But, like, th- this is one of the areas of the CG where it doesn't really hold up. There's a lot of stuff where they're trying to make people different yeah, sizes and whatever. And he really doesn't look that tall. <laughs> like, he, he looks he looks a little bit tall, but um, his whole thing is he's tall and he's not even that good at it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's like, Alice is back and she's like, fuck, nah, fuck that. Get rid of her, get rid of her. Um, her so him... Yeah, off off with her head, as she repeats uh, multiple times uh, throughout this movie. Uh, and she also kills a frog at some point. It's very funny. Everyone um, kills frogs. Um, everyone kills frogs. Um, so, yeah, so the, so, at yeah, the tea party... The, the Mad Hatter's tea party, really sad, talk. really depressing. Yeah, it's depressing. It's not the fun version you heard about in the books. That'd be... Oh, man, imagine if we got to see a fun version of this, Jamie, in a movie for kids. That'd be great <laughs> to watch a fun version of it rather than the depressing um, version where it's no longer fun. Uh, yeah. Alice gets in the hat and they get... Uh, they're being walked off to find the vocal blade i don't know uh, at some point the knave no, shows so, up and the knave's like where's uh, no no no, no. You, you you are skipping over a wild sequence alexander where the mad hatter has like ptsd flashbacks he's like oh by the way yeah i've, I've joined the resistance because the queen burned my entire yes. fucking village down and it's just johnny depp in his stupid purple costume with a fucking thousand yard stare surrounded by fire like it's at all serious no i um, I, I concur so uh, yeah is- so he he she's tiny at this point he sticks her in his hat the, yeah. the knave shows up tries to capture them she sticks her in his hat he's like i'll save you get in my hat and fucking yeets the hat and just throws it miles um and and gets caught himself yeah um it was also at this point that uh, alice gets told she's lost much of her muchness uh yes. that she's a bit of a wimp now and needs to needs to you know ovary up um the uh at this point then uh she ends up alice alice makes it makes it back to the queen the, she goes the red to the red queen's... she lands basically near the red queen's palace um yeah she climbs up to the palace and finds a hedgehog uh no the, the queen's the playing was... golf with the hedgehogs the queen's playing the play, yeah, I, I believe i believe she's playing croquet she's alexander playing, croquet um, is just rich the... person golf all right okay <laughs> Yes, rich person golf. <laughs> golf, the, the sport of the porpoise. Well, here's the thing. Um, what I've always found funny, uh, and Ellen will probably be able to confirm this, in Scotland there are a lot of like free golf courses. There are a lot of just, like like local like local golf courses which aren't super expensive to get to. It's not like in America where I think golf, there is pretty much only country clubs. Um, yes, but that's that's because Scotland has uh, too much land. <laughs> as it's just so much space, and they're like, we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Fucking hit shit in holes, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, the people of Kent are just like asked to cheat. All right, <laughs> the people of Kent are just stuff uh, in there. Um, right. So yeah, uh, basically she's there. She's still tiny. The the rabbit comes out because he's got to collect the hedgehog ball. Um, she's trying to free the hedgehog, and the the uh, rabbit is like, "Oh, you're still here." cool she's like can you give me something to make me big because of course right now while i'm hiding from the red queen this would be the perfect opportunity for me to become a hundred times my size 
because I'm a moron. Um, so yeah, he's like, yeah, I've got a little bit of cake. And, and then she uh, takes, I believe, I would say two bites. And the rabbit is like, whoa, not that much. Don't go too crazy, Alice. And two bites about, this is the most fucking potent drug you've ever seen. Because two bites make her a uh, hundred times her size. Why is no one else that big? All right, this is confusing as to how this magical food works. Why is it only working on her and apparently the tall boyfriend? I assume the tall boyfriend also at some point ate some cake. Yes. Also, why is it like like if I couldn't become a tall, thick daddy, like I would absolutely do it. Why is everyone not consuming this? And again, she's taken two bites of this of this piece of cake by those metrics. Everyone in this entire scene could all be a hundred times their size if they wanted Jamie, to be. Jamie, Jamie, um, Jamie. You yep. gotta believe six impossible things before breakfast, all right? It's not meant of to course, make sense. It's okay, baby. It's um, okay. So uh, she's grown uh, humongous, and and, and she, she suddenly the... her clothes don't fit her anymore. No, now, that's all I... the way through the film. Her, sometimes her clothes, like sometimes, yeah, sometimes they do sometimes shrink they with don't. her, and sometimes they don't. It it makes no sense. You know what? But, I yeah, want a kids' not... film naked giant ladies. All right. Yeah, uh, she's, she she's red... naked. Um, she says the Red Queen, she's the, called, um, the Queen's like, cool, I like people with big heads. And Alice is being, she's got a little bit of her muchness back. She's being bold. She's being like, oh yes, I'm from, I'm um, from Umbridge and I have a giant head and I wanted to meet a queen with a giant head. Now, Jamie, of course, you uh, earlier set up in a little bit of foreshadowing that you had a problem with the how the Queen is depicted. Is it because she has a big head? No, 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 it's nothing to do with that. Uh, <laughs> her big head's a little silly. Um, but uh, but when the white when we when we get to the white queen, who I still at this point don't think has been introduced, or she's, maybe she has she's into the flashes the, the flashes, the hatter's flashback. Um uh, yeah, she's in the hatter's flashback. I think we meet her just after the next scene with the uh, where she's in court. So Alice is now in court because, of course, the Red Queen is the greatest monarch that ever lived and meets a woman who's naked, a large naked woman, and is immediately like, You're going to be my right hand lady at court immediately. <laughs> Just wise political decisions. Um, and yeah, so the Mad Hatter's there. Uh, she's speaking to him. He's uh, he's being the Mad Hatter uh, at court. Um, the knave is uh, is thirsting after Alice because she's large and he's tall and he's like, oh yeah, baby. I believe he does specifically have a line that's like, I love large things or something. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we do meet uh, the White Queen at this point in a very short segment. Like the dog goes and like informs her uh, that Alice is back, basically. Yeah. Now, my annoyance with the White Queen. Uh, first, like it, this is partially at the movie and partially at Lewis Carroll. Um, so, I'll I'll get the Lewis Carroll bit out of the way first. Yeah, no, no. Um, Jamie, you really, I, I I want you to don't even like hedge it. Right, give give this dead a hundred, so, two hundred so, year old man your full <laughs> two barrels. So right? he creates this character called the White Queen, which is his named Queen after. White, White Queen. Queen. He makes the character called the White Queen, and that is named after a chess piece. Yes. Right. So it's a chess piece. So what's the opposite person going to be called? Now, admittedly, I do understand the logical choice. Very, very questionable, very problematic. But he goes with the Red Queen, which doesn't make sense. If if you're making it an, an, an analogous to a chess piece, it doesn't make any fucking sense for the White Queen's adversary to be the Red Queen. But whatever, I can, I can fuck with that. I can fuck with that, whatever. You've got the White Queen, got the Red Queen. Kind of makes sense. But then the Red Queen and the Queen of Hearts are separate characters. They are amalgamated for this movie, but they are different characters in the book. Again, admittedly, really weird to have one character called the Red Queen and one character called the Queen of Hearts, a famously Red Queen, but whatever. 
that's Lewis Carroll. They decide to amalgamate that. But now, now to have the Queen of Hearts, a playing card, and her adversary, the White Queen, a chess piece, makes no fucking sense. No, I get it. I get it that this movie doesn't make sense anyway, but to to, to combine those two characters. You just got to remember, this film won an Oscar for art direction. That is an Oscar winning (laughs) choice. It it did not make the logic direction. Here's the thing. I looked it up. Um, Technically, this is beyond just the standard, like, (laughs) obviously chess pieces can be whatever color you want. But I think red is an like uh, is a alternative for black. Sometimes in chess. So okay, in theory, there you go. Fine. Sure. I, okay, I I revoke my complaints of Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, you're safe for now. But, <laughs> I'm gonna cancel you but, later. We're gonna get back to the opium me, smoking. Uh, that makes me point. even more angry with the film because making the Queen of Hearts. So therefore, the Red Queen and the uh, the White Queen totally makes sense. Fine. To make the Queen of Hearts a fucking playing card and her adversary a chess piece makes no goddamn sense and it really annoys me. But like, it's such a petty thing to be annoyed about when there's so much other things to be annoyed about in this movie. But it really angers me. And also, the chess thing will come back later. Um. Anyway, so uh, at this point, the hatter yeah, shows a- up and the hatter's like, "I yeah. can make you a hat, the Queen. Take off my shackles." And she's like, "Okay, but tell me where Alice is." And the hat is like, no, but I'll make you a good hat. Uh, and somehow they escape. It doesn't really matter how they escape. Uh, they then get back to the, uh, the the castle of the White Queen. And the White Queen's like, Alice, you're going to kill the Jabberwocky. Or not. She's like, you need to get the Vorpal Blade for us. Uh, yes, the, she learns that the Vorpal, the Vorpal Sword so stupid is uh is being protected by the bandersnatch sure um so yeah they've escaped at this point in their escape uh the dormouse does reveal that alice is alice up until this point she's been um but she reveals that alice is alice um so the knave and uh and the red queen are like uh sick okay we've got to we've got to chase we've got to go and find alice alice goes to get the vorpal sword we can just skip her. Like, nothing. Like, she gets, yeah, get she gets the Vorpal Sword by befriending the Bandersnatch. Sure. She's like, hey, uh, you know how you clawed me? That sucks. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, babes. Uh, and then he licks it better. Um, except it doesn't get better. He Weird. just licks it. Um, right. And so she gets the Vorpal Sword. At this point, she's like, oh, but who's going to kill the Jabberwocky? Is it me, the person who's been told to kill the Jabberwocky all this time? And that's what other people go, oh, I'll kill the Jabberwocky. But no, it's going to be Alice. And so we enter the final bit of this movie, which they say their goodbyes. The Queen's like, goodbye, Alice. And the hatter's like, goodbye, Alice. And Alice gets up in a full suit of armor and then begins the worst battle scene in any movie maybe ever. Um, they the, These chess pieces are fighting each other. Or the chess pieces are fighting the playing cards. It's kind of weird. Uh, yep. the, yeah, the so, yeah, they, they are, again, again, they are fighting on a chessboard. They're fighting on a fucking chessboard. <laughs> Why the... <laughs> Why lean into it? Why lean into it? Why is she a playing card? Why are they fighting at all? Is it ever established? Why the fuck? Th- we haven't said Genocide. this. The Red Queen and the White Queen are sisters. Um, but but it's not established why they're fighting other than, well, that's just what we do. We just, like, fucking fight. Um, uh, the um, Jabberwocky uh, is a fucking huge dinosaur. Uh, yeah, not dragon, dinosaur, dragon. 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 I mean, He's dragons like dragon. are a form of dinosaur. Um, let, 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 you know. Yes, um, because of course, yeah, like you say, th- you, this film absolutely needed uh, a, a gang-busting action sequence at the That's end That's what of people it. loved about uh, the so, book, Jamie, was the f- giant yeah. fight sequences. And, and how is Alice going to uh, pluck up the courage to fight the the, the Jabberwocky? God, I keep confusing the Jabberwocky and the Bandersnatch. 
um, the Jabberwocky. Well, she's going to say six impossible things. Oh, what a rousing moment. Um, so she repeats six impossible things uh, and then uh, yeets the head off of the... Um, uh, of yeah, the Jabberwocky, just just like one one clean sweep. It's actually for again for a kids movie, really quite visceral. Yeah. The head like bounces down the the, the spiral staircase uh, that they're fighting on. Um, at this point, everyone stops fighting. I don't really like. I think I, I think the Red Queen surrender at that, at that point. Her main, you know, imagine if you had a nuclear weapon and then someone just cut the nuclear weapon in half. After that, you can't really win the fight. So, oh, oh, we've we've completely um, we've completely gone over this, uh, skipped over this. But I do want to. Uh, this is something that uh, I guess I am trying to speak into existence through my girlfriend, for whom I have not expressed this uh, mm-hmm. and did not watch this movie with me. Um, but there is a sequence where she comes out uh, in the the set of armor, um, and and I don't know how to say this, Alexander. I have learned that does it for me. So I guess this is a message to my girlfriend that I don't have the, uh, the, <laughs> the pride or honor to say directly to her face. But I guess what I'm asking for is some chain mail. Just, just she's not in chain mail. Can see. She's not in she's chain in mail. She's armor, a, right? Plate armor, right, plate armor. Okay. Thank you, Alexander. Thank God we, we, <laughs> I was about to get some chain this mail. This would be really plate embarrassing armor. if that is put in all that time to buy some chain mail. <laughs> showed chain up mail. and was like, this is what you want. And you were like, oh, no. Oh, 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 no, it was plate armor, you fucking moron. I want to be able to see my so... face <laughs> reflection in the clothes you wear. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, about things things we learn, things we learn in a Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she she surrenders. Um, the White Queen uh, is like, cool. So I'm just gonna get rid of you guys. <laughs> Al has been very tickled. Um, <laughs> that's, um, that's like maybe the most. Uh, it's it's the kink shed by sixteen uh, year old girls everywhere watching uh, a night story. Uh, you know, it's, that, <laughs> that's, that, like it's really wholesome. Like you made it out to be really dirty. It's just that you like nights that's fine that's awesome <laughs> you know it's cool to like you know um, no so the um uh the yeah the red queen and the knave are all caught uh the knave goes to kill the red queen uh, and the mad hatter stops him uh and the red queen's like oh no oh you were going to kill me uh, and he's like oh he's not fucking tall enough sorry babes um <laughs> uh and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we, you know how this fucking resolves. Yeah. Well, no, you like, don't, oh, cool, Jamie, I'm gonna leave. They then go back up to yeah. uh, they go back up to non underland. All right, cool. Yeah. Back to normal land. She goes to the guy who's going to marry her. She's like, no, you have digestive issues. That feels like it's targeting people with disabilities, but whatever. Yeah. She, uh, she also points at two people who we've barely fucking seen, and they're like, "You look like Tweedledum and Tweedledee," essentially. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, and she know. goes to her sister's okay. boyfriend who was cheating um, on uh, her sister's husband who was cheating on her sister and was like, I'm watching you. She goes to her crazy aunt yep. and is like, you need to seek help. And then yes. she goes to her and dad then... and is like, send me to China. Yes, and then Alexander, we we do cut to slightly later. She is in a she is in a study looking at some maps with her with her father, and she and she goes, "Oh, we should go over here. We've got a foothold in Hong Kong." And so she, then the next day, goes off on a ship to, to canonically start the Opium Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird decision. What if we just got some of these ships and we just started like bombarding cities from the ocean and they couldn't <laughs> stop us? All right. How about colonization? It is such a so, weird yeah. choice. It is a weird yeah, choice. Yeah. So th- this 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 movie 
ends on oops all colonialism it doesn't uh, and we and we get the credits where alexander we get a original song by avril lavigne yeah. it doesn't which is so strange that this is the whitest movie i think i've ever seen and like uh, uh oh yeah let's have a think I'm, is there a no, single not, person of color there's not and here's the thing I do, I there are there are many there other movies not, even in even in the voice cast yeah i do not think there is a single person that's of color. that's my issue there are many there are a lot of historical dramas there are lots of the we've seen a many other very 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 white movies for example becoming jane a very 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 white movie and yet this movie a wonderful phantasmical nah, non-historical nah, nah, you, know, nah, nah, you could nah. ca- like Ow. there's never there's never excuse anyway because guess what you're doing a movie it's not real you can cast whoever you want in it bugger off but this one in particular there are so many roles that you could have just i don't know had one person in ow, it. Ow, ow. if you're trying to tell me that absalom the blue caterpillar could not be played by a white guy you need to get the fuck out <laughs> um Goodness gracious. So before we talk about this film in general um, terms, it is, of course, time for anagrams, the part of the show where we try to create an anagram of the show's, uh, the film's title uh, and summarize an anagram that summarizes uh, the plot. Uh, now, Alexander, I have one. Uh, do, do you have more than one? I have one. OK, I will start with mine. Uh, mine would be... Um, I'd like, you're gonna need to, to sort of create some imagination. Okay. Um, imagine you are uh, your grandma or my grandma or just a grandma, um, and you've gone to see this film, mm-hmm. uh, and you've just come out the cinema, and uh, and you are asked very pointedly, uh, "What was this film about?" Uh, well, you might respond, "No idea, dear." So my, mine is no idea, dear. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, mine is weird acid locale. Nice, much better, much much better. Way better. I I I I consider myself. Re- I thought I was relatively good at like the unjumbling of anagrams sort of thing, but apparently when you've already got words, I suck at this. <laughs> I really suck at making words. Um. So yeah. Goodness gracious. Uh. When we uh talk about these films, we rate them. Oh shit! I haven't got our trusty um uh spreadsheet up which of course is super important that it, we absolutely have to have uh, a historical uh, document of all of our scores uh, wherein we are rating these films on four categories uh, three number based and one is a list oh oh i don't think we've got uh, well we'll come to that um so we rate these uh, films out of five and hathaway's performance out of five the and uh, the america's sweetheartometer how much of america's sweetheart is Anne hathaway in this film um We've then got our Anne's Man's list, and I, which is where we normally rate uh, Anne Hathaway's love interests in these movies. I, I don't think we can we can stretch it. Uh, I, I do Jamie, not believe Jamie. I oh, don't, Jamie, don't Al, don't. There is sexual chemistry with a Hatter. I'm sorry, they're clearly no! romantic life brothers. No. Yes. <laughs> not even. No, I refuse. I'm putting you, on my you list. You don't, wanna... have to, you don't have to put them on your oh, list. Oh, you, oh, I. No, because I don't support. It's the, not. I guess it's mad, not a list of Hathaway's love successes. It's Hathaway's love interests. Yeah, and she's not interested in him. She is a strong, independent woman. Who can oh, there's rule actually there's actually two. Dudes, there's technically king. two dudes in this because there's also this guy who proposes to her. That is an, another interest. So there's at least one. Wait, who proposes to her? The, the guy who proposes at the the literal like framing device of the movie. 
You mean to Alice? That's yeah. that's not Anne Hathaway. This isn't just oh, the love interest I of the movie. Oh, oh you meant Mad Hatter has a love. You meant Mad No, you you are right. There is no there was no such thing. There is no okay. I now understand the confusion. Yes. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah. no love interest for Anne Hathaway's character. No, I, I agree. There's no love interest for Anne Hathaway's character. <laughs> okay. She is a side oh my God. It's been a while since she's been a side character in a film. And I completely it forgot about her this entire movie. Um, um, so right. we will not have an Anne's Man's list this uh, no. week. But this film in general, Alexander, uh, what what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dull movie. Here's my issue. We've watched We've watched worse movies. We've watched more offensive movies. But never has a movie made a billion dollars and been so dull. Like, it is so dull. It is dull as dishwater. It's taking a, you know, a, a visually inventive and fun and interesting book and, you know, wonderful ideas and all that kind of uh, jazz. And it is just turning that into the dullest possible. F- what if instead of fun, we have boring times? You know, okay, fine, whatever. Sure, we'll have boring Wonderland where everything used to be fun, but now it's kind of crap. Okay, why not? Well, there's a fight in it. Okay, cool. Well, you know, sure, it'd be great for young girls to have action heroes too. I mean, Hunger Games comes later is much better at that, but sure, why not? Any of that good? No, none of that's good at all. Cool, the the visual stuff. Well, the visual stuff's kind of cool, but it just feels so, so... It's not even the unreality of it that is, like, uninteresting to me. It's just that, like... It is designed for 3D, and if you're watching it not in 3D, I don't think it's any of the visual stuff is particularly interesting. I think I think a lot of that design is designed to be felt in three dimensions, and when you don't have that, it just feels plasticky and ugh. And I'm not you know I'm not saying ooh, three, CGI is bad or anything like that. Like I, I, there are so many incredible uses of it, and it's so fantastic overall. I just think when people only create these worlds. You know, they have like three live action actors and the rest are just kind of plasticky. You have to do it, you have to have such interesting art direction for it to be the case, and that's just not the case here. It is so boring. What it is, oh, childhood used to be a thing in this movie for children, but I guess we're going to go off and colonize China. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole like idea for this movie, like, what if Alice in Wonderland, but edgy just like it, the, i think in general the what if we took this wholesome story and made it edgy is kind of lazy anyway but i will accept that it can it can work in other instances but alice in wonderland is inherently really silly you've got jabberwockies you've got absalems you've got fucking bandersnatches it's silly and it works in a kids animated movie or a kids book because it's a little girl making things up in her dreams and that's fine and that works but when you try to take all of that really silly stuff and then make it a gritty edgy thing that ends in a completely nonsensical boring action sequence it just doesn't work. You've got fucking Alan Rickman as a blue caterpillar smoking opium and eventually turning into a metapod, which we turned, we went up fast. But it's, it's such a silly movie, but it tries to take itself seriously. And yet 
none of the stakes of it matter at all yeah. because you have no fucking clue why they're happening. You genuinely have absolutely no idea why the Red Queen and the White Queen are fighting other than we are characters from a children's book where red and white fight because they are opposing colours. Like, it's a really simplistic idea that you then try to make into a grounded, serious idea, and it doesn't fucking work. And I think I... I think I like the visuals slightly more than you do. I think they, for for a fully CG film, especially a fully CG film made in 2010, um, I think there's some relatively interesting decisions being made. Um, but they are in service of a message that I don't really agree with. It like They are in service of making everything... They are trying to make everything look drab and boring. Yeah. Because or, or like depressing because that's the message they want to get across. The film is uh, desaturated, and I think they do that. It, it literally I think looks they do desaturated, which makes no sense for a bloody Alice in Wonderland yeah. film. But but it does for the Alice in Wonderland film that they're but, making. Sure, sure, but like is, why, why? I think as I was talking to my flatmate about this, right, and she was more pissed than me. She was like, "Are oh, you going to get this a full rollicking?" And I'm like, "It's kind of too boring to give it a full rollicking." But actually, I'm getting myself fucking worked up now. <laughs> rollicking, yeah, I'm getting myself worked rollicking. up, right? Like, I'm going to pull out both barrels, <laughs> you, right? You're going to pull out this made, which movie. I think is true. Is if this film had just been called Alice, I think I'd have less of a problem with it. Like, if it was just like whatever, you know, it's it's kind of a load of it seems to be nicked from the video game like Alice Beyond the Madness, which is kind of weird. Yeah, sure, whatever. But it's it's. Just so goddamn dull. It is so yeah. boring. Like I, yeah, I, I don't know. M- maybe there is a a a, a mythical uh, piece of media out there that I think could do Alice in Wonderland, but gritty and edgy. But until I see it, I think that this film is founded on a ridiculous premise that I don't think could work because Alice in Wonderland is just not one of those things that really works for a gritty and edgy reboot. Now, let's say Batman. Batman for 40 years. Really silly, over-the-top, wacky. But someone goes, oh, what if Batman but edgy? Oh, okay, I can see how that fucking works. It's it's a tale of a fucking vigilante crime fighter. Cool, I get how you could make that edgy. Alice in Wonderland? Fucking no! Like, what are you going to do? Well, like, fucking Thomas the Tank no, Engine edgy reboot? No! But here's the thing, and I and I would really recommend people go watch Return... Like, I don't think it's a good... I don't like... It's not a... Return from Mars is a weirder movie than this. And I think that's the problem. I think you could make a film which is almost... And I can understand sort of in an abstract where someone thought, oh, okay, if you want to do like a slightly more adult Alice in Wonderland, maybe Tim Burton... You can make a version of Alice in Wonderland that is creepier, that almost has a like yeah. weird dollhouse, haunted dollhouse kind of vibe. You know, it's all this childhood stuff, but it's kind of slightly turned as a bit, it's a bit scary. And if you made a scarier movie than this, and I think part yeah. of that would, I again, if it was up to me, I think I'd have like less people in like re, like ugh, CGI, whatever. But 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 whatever. But you could make a slightly more hor- not not completely horror-y, but like adventure movie with more like an, a, an adventure movie with a bit more like horror horror inflections, like a horror movie for kids almost. That I think would be way better than this, where it's what it's trying to do is be a kids movie, but at the same time it's like well, death of you know whatever, Wonderland is no longer fun, 
But instead of go- instead of committing to that, it is a boring hedge. And this film was made by Tim Burton at the wrong... Like, Tim Burton, for a while, was a really interesting director. And then at some point, Tim Burton just became boring. And he, he, just, <laughs> he just... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of just... Rely- he had a stock... He had a cabinet of tropes. And he just goes in, and he's like, I'm pulling out Helena Bonham Carter. And he goes in again, and Johnny Depp. Uh, and I'm going to put them in a wi- bad wigs. And one of their heads going to be big. And then that's about as much as he's going to care. Oh shit, Alexander! We, I just remember. Fuck, I wanna, I wanna come back. I, I'm gonna carry on with what, but I remember that we skipped over the absolutely most wild thing that happens in this movie, which happens right at the end. But we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, I, I think the, the, the where I could see your idea for that working is I reckon I could watch a YouTube video yeah. of someone who's made a fake trailer for that gritty, edgy horror Alice in Wonderland, and I'd sit and I'd go huh, that was pretty cool. And then an executive would be like, let's give that $250 million. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. I liked it in this form. That was fun to imagine for four minutes. Don't make a two-hour movie out of this. And especially, don't don't have fucking um, uh, Johnny Depp do a... Uh, dance called the Futterwacken at the end of it, where he just does a weird jelly leg, jelly arm dance after the battle for a strong like n- like forty seconds, and everyone's just staring at him, going, "Yay, this is great!" And then Alice sort of mildly recreates it when she, <laughs> it's the to be fair, actually the most dope thing I've ever seen anyone do, which is reject someone's fucking proposal, walk away, turn around, do fucking jelly legs, and then carry on walking away. Now that is her badass Yas Queen moment, yeah. not her jumping off the dragon's head. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that absolutely absurd moment. Um... Yeah, I I think we we both agree that uh that just just a completely fumbled premise with with very like you say just dull that that even yeah. even in the first two thirds kind of seems like it's trying to do something interesting and then in the final third just has the most fucking cookie cutter action sequence that you'd ever see with with just nonsensical moments like fucking Tweedledum and Tweedledee suddenly being able to fight with one of the royal guards like you're just including that why why is that in the fucking movie anyway uh, <laughs> let's let's give our ratings right. on this movie i'm going to give this movie a 2 if just because a 2 but here's wow. here, but here's my thing because for me i think as we've discussed it's not this movie's actually offense like talking about it makes it sound like a more worked out about it than i am i just really suggest you don't watch this movie because it's the one no. of the most boring films i've ever had to watch on this podcast like there are no choices in it that unfortunately are strong enough that i think are like offensive and there are no choices in it that are strong enough that can make it good it is just boring and you shouldn't watch it really sorry to everyone who made it you won two oscars i think you'll do fine <laughs> um <coughs> goodness we've been on a poor run our last three movies i gave valentine's day a one i gave passengers a 1.2 and i gave bride wars a 0.5 where does this fall on that scale i i genuinely think it's worse than all of them um i think i think i'm gonna have to go real i think i'm gonna have to go for a 0.3 
a 0.3 this this is a bad movie that there are small things about it that i just think make no sense and make me angry like the the red queen uh, queen of hearts white queen shit and then there's nothing really intriguing about it uh, that that keeps me engaged and on top of that uh, I, I think Helena Bottom Carter is generally quite good in this, um, in in what she's tried to do, and I guess you could say Johnny Depp's good. But this is a ridiculously good cast that you've cobbled together, and it's just so fucking boring. There's just there's not even any good performances, really, any standout performances um, outside of potentially those two I mentioned. Uh, speaking of uh, Anne Hathaway's performance. She's perfectly fine. I mean, she's she's she's, she's in she's in about three scenes. Sure, um, we barely she, mentioned her. She is the weirdest in the kind of sense of like actually up until now, like Anne Hathaway really has played fairly straight roles. It is the weirdest yeah. Anne Hathaway's gotten to be, and she does absolutely fine in it. She is she goes for it. She gives a I'm a princess, like you know I am the white queen. I'm a bit of a fairy kind of performance. Um, and. She does perfectly good that. I'll give her a three. She is fine. It is better than some of her I, worst performances. I don't think I agree. I think I think her. I don't know. I, maybe it, maybe it's just direction and writing that that's my main issue with it, and that this was how she was supposed to perform. But I don't know her 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 weird her weird airiness and 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 disconnection that she seems to have just doesn't land for me. It doesn't seem real to me at all. Um, she just seems to be doing the, I'm crazy, don't you know? I've got wide eyes, Ooh. and I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't really engage with it. I'm gonna give her a two point one. Then, uh, and then uh, Anne Hathaway's sweetheartometer. How much America's sweetheartometer? How much of America's sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film? I mean, I'll give her a three in that this movie made a billion dollars. So I think it's probably the most <laughs> and, and America does and love film. people with money. <laughs> America does love rich people. Yeah. Uh, so so that that could make her much more alluring to. Uh, I also to think potential this, man, this movie did great in China. I need to look that up. Like, so maybe she's China's one. Um, man, but. Uh, I can. I've got this open in front of me. So one second. Ah ah. <laughs> Fuck, where is it? Uh, come on. Uh, it made, uh, yeah, it made three hundred thirty-four thousand in North America and almost seven hundred thousand in other territories, uh, which consider, which makes up for a billion. Um, but uh, that, yes, sorry, did I sorry. say seven hundred billion? Um, uh, so yeah, that that probably supports that uh, in areas like China, China, it did do very well. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's rare that you'll have a movie that makes double the amount it makes uh, domestically, uh, internationally. Uh, so this film, uh, Whoa, yeah, no, really, actually, really successful. Interestingly, fascinatingly, yep. Japan was the film's highest grossing country after North America with 133 huh. million, which is pretty impressive for Japan. After that is UK, Ireland, and Malta. So France, oh, fucking Malta. oh, mate, no, you you don't know. I've I've been to Malta. Fucking Alice in Wonderland posters, wall to fucking wall, mate. <laughs> it's like I in um, uh, Tropic Thunder, where like they end up in like the kind of Viet Cong camp or whatever it was, or the kind of drug dealers camp, and then they all just really love um, Simple Jack. I it's bet. that same kind of thing. Yeah, they go to Malta. And it's just like this movie where Anna Hathaway stuck in Malta, just, like poster to poster, Alice oh. in Wonderland. Mate, you wait. We're we're gonna get so many downloads in Malta this week. Oh yeah, um, Jamie, you should, uh, you should reshare yeah, I'll, I'll... your uh, sketch where you play Maltese immigrant 
There's Moldova. I do not play Moldova. Mul- it's from Moldova. Thank you very yeah. much, and thank you for making it sound way worse. Than the, it it makes it sound way worse. Thank you for just just presenting that piece of information <laughs> and nothing else about the sketch to make it sound as bad as it possibly could. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to give it a two point eight. Uh, I agree. Uh, cool. I think uh, in the fact that this. Um, uh, uh, this does uh, make fuckloads of money. Um, America does like successful people. Um, we've got no Ant Man's this week, so we will go straight into Alexander. Are you going to stash away? No, this no, of course not. Of course we're not fucking not. And you know what makes this even better, Alexander? There's a sequel to this movie that we're gonna have to fucking watch. Which bombs? Which bombs? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it just about makes back its money, but it doesn't. It, make it's a, it's a bomb in the sense of it doesn't money. make back. It is considered a flop because it didn't make twice as money back. Um, yeah. So it makes, I think it costs and they, 100. And they put a lot of fucking money into it. Yeah. Um, so we will discuss that in many weeks' time. Uh, but of course, when we don't uh, stash away a film, we must decide what is going to galvanize humanity this week uh, in its stead. And you know what, Alexander? I thought at least on two or three different occasions today, oh, fuck, I'm definitely not putting Alice in Wonderland in. I should think about what I'm going to present instead. Never did. Never did. I, I had the foresight to think that I should, but I did not have the foresight to actually do it. Uh, so do you have something that you are going to present instead of Alice in Wonderland? Uh, yeah, to sure. To galvanize humanity to fight so, back against so the thing I think it's going to galvanize humanity this week is coffee, all right? Uh, before COVID, did I like coffee? Not really. Uh, what happened, you might ask, to change my opinion? Well, Jamie, I got really bored, and as it turns out, getting obsessed with tiny detail things like just grind the grind size, type of coffee bean, how long you're kind of uh, boiling the water for, water temperature, all that kind of crap, is a is a good way to be distracted. And more importantly, it will give us the energy to fight back. Aliens, uh, you might know, Jamie, are allergic to coffee. True fact. Uh-huh. Uh, and as such, uh, they can't have it, but we can have its caffeine benefits. And then, like, the Energizer bunny just wail on their asses. Like, Popeye will just get everyone to down, like, a Chemex full of coffee. And then go, rah, rah, see, we're going to take down the aliens. And they'll just punch them to death. Um, good. I've decided what I'm going to uh, present. Uh, so a few weeks ago, uh, I uh, believe I aspirationally... Uh, presented the uh, makers of graphics cards uh, because I was trying to acquire a graphics card uh, and there were none available. Uh, so I aspirationally uh, presented the uh, makers of graphics cards to um, get them to get off their fucking asses. Um, that's, that's very unfair. <laughs> it's just a supply and demand issue. Um, but I have acquired a new graphics card. So Ooh. it worked, is what I'm saying. It worked. So with that... I'm going to aspirationally present the Arsenal football team <laughs> because I hate to break it to you out. It's going really fucking bad. I know most people who don't, most people who listen to this podcast don't give a shit about football. But it's going really bad and it's really depressing. So if it was successful last time, I'm hoping it's going to be successful this time. But I'm going to to hold up the Arsenal football team and maybe just the the the. Uh, adoration that they're going to get from my presentation of them on this podcast the galvanized humanity to fight back against the aliens will drive them uh to maybe win a fucking football game um but even if it doesn't uh, we are playing so poorly and boringly that i believe if everyone were to watch arsenal uh, it would stop them from watching football forever uh, and therefore they'd have more time to fight back against the aliens um so 
With that, dear Alexander, what can our dear listeners do between now and next week while I look up what our movie is next week? My dear friends, you can go out and you can, uh, if you've had the vaccine and your friends have had the vaccine, you can steal their phones and you can go, look, I'm downloading all these individual podcasts. How great. If not, what we'd really love you to do, go on to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, whatever podcast system you use, and give us a rating that really helps the algorithm pick us up and recommend us to other people. So we'd really appreciate that. To all our friends who, weirdly, I can see you downloading in, like, the philippines you rock tell more of your friends in the philippines to download this podcast it's a you know great way to have fun and to slag off uh, america's sweetheart and hathaway we don't we're not slagging off and, Anne hathaway and hathaway is fantastic um, and i i believe the wasn't it like the 100 people spread across three episodes specifically from like boston yeah. uh, who all downloaded three specific episodes one of which was like the toy story tunes the time forgot is now our third most downloaded podcast i can not tell you why it is not the best episode <laughs> so i love whoever out there is just trolling us by just specifically redownloading that one one to get it up to the top Weird and episode. we're like well i guess we're gonna need um, more toy story tune content um uh yes and of course you can join us next week uh when i'm going to be continuing my man crush on jake gyllenhaal and we're gonna have to decide which jake gyllenhaal beats jake gyllenhaal in the ands man uh in uh, love and other well, drugs jamie this clearly we found the the way to your heart of course is to put jake gyllenhaal in some shiny shiny armor <laughs> all right you won't be able to see your face in that bad boy so for me jamie and my co-host al that's one more ep in the bank Shiny, shiny, Jamie boy, Jamie in some armor. <laughs> Put Al in some armor. We'll go get some plate. Yeah, Jamie, I think you can get that at the shopping center. Just go down to Westfield. I think you can just pick some up. It's all good. <laughs> Surprise, Ellen. <laughs> Blank spank.